Hi guys, welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. My name is Lydia, and if you've never listened before, I'm one of the show hosts, and I'm so glad that you tuned in for today's episode. Well, wow, have we had a crazy few weeks. With the state of our nation right now, schools are closed, churches are unable to meet in person, and many businesses and families are out of work due to the coronavirus pandemic. To put it in simpler terms, it has been rough. Personally, I've been missing and trying to care for my students while learning about the new world of virtual learning. And Kayla, our other host, has been working diligently at creating online connection opportunities for students and children at our local church. Life has looked quite different than it did a few weeks ago. And there is much unknown of what direction this virus will take our country in the coming weeks. However, I wanted to begin this episode with a few things that I've recognized God moving in, even during this dark time in our nation. In these times when everything around us seems dark and confusing, I believe that this is the time when the light of Jesus can shine even brighter. In our community, some exciting ways God is still moving are that Kayla and I's local church family saw over 12,000 people tune into our live online services this past weekend. That was a huge praise and an incredible opportunity for many people to receive encouragement and truth. And an upcoming women's ministry that I'm a part of is even going live online this coming Tuesday, which will allow a much broader audience with the potential to reach and encourage thousands of women with a message of hope. So even in the midst of this trial, God is always up to something good. And he's using tools like technology partnered with his church and his people to build his kingdom. So friends and listeners, we would love to hear some of the ways that you've been seeing God move in your community during this time. Feel free after you listen to this episode to email us at thecultivatepodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. And we would love to hear and potentially, if you give us permission, share your stories of God's faithfulness with other listeners to encourage them as well. Now let's get started with today's episode. Welcome, you're listening to The Cultivate Podcast, where we share stories to help us cultivate the characteristics of Christ. We're your hosts, Lydia Bridgman and Kayla Hallstrom. Thanks for joining us as we grow together. Well, today I'm so excited to be talking about the topic of cultivating joy. This topic has been on my heart over the past several months to do an episode about, but I realize now that the Lord wanted me to wait until such a time as this that we're experiencing to finally share what He's been placing on my heart about the topic of true joy. Now, throughout my life, I've always considered myself a joyful person. I'm someone who smiles often and is genuinely happy about life. But it wasn't until a few years ago, however, that I really realized that I was thinking about joy more as happiness, which is the emotion or feeling that we often think of. Now you may be asking, wait, Lydia, joy doesn't mean the same as happiness? Well, let me explain more for you. Over the past few years, I have begun to realize that the Bible's definition of joy is so much better than the world's definition. 
According to the Bible, joy isn't like happiness, which is based upon happenings or whether things are going well or not in our lives. No, joy remains even amidst the suffering. Joy is not the same as the feeling of happiness. Oftentimes, we view joy as an emotion that's acquired by anticipation or even the expectation of something great or wonderful. It could be described as exhilaration, delight, sheer gladness, and can come from a great success or a very beautiful or wonderful experience, like a wedding or the birth of a new baby. These events and moments in our lives are happy, amazing moments where it's easy to smile, dance, rejoice, be happy. But what happens when difficult seasons come in our lives? When the diagnosis is given, when you lose a child, when you don't get the job that you so greatly desired, or even when a virus attacks your community. With the world's definition of joy, it could not even be possible to have joy in these circumstances. How could you be happy and excited about such difficult circumstances? Well, guess what, friend? Today, I wanna share with you a piece of truth that you can cling to even in times of suffering. You can have joy in suffering. You can have joy when bad things happen. I've been through seasons in my life where there seemed to be no joy that could come out of the circumstance. I've had friends and family members, and I'm sure you have too, who've had times of suffering here on this earth where joy seems so, so distant. As we unpack how we can cultivate true biblical joy today, I wanna focus our hearts and attention to a few primary truths about living lives full of the joy that only Christ can give. I wanna first turn your attention to what the Bible says about joy. The book of Psalms is one of my favorite books with verses that teach us about biblical joy. Here's the first truth about joy. The way to cultivate joy in your life is knowing that true joy is only found in the presence of and fellowship with Jesus. Let's dive into how we know this. In Psalm 1611, it says, in your God's presence, there is fullness of joy. In Psalm 94, 18 through 19, it says, if my foot is slipping, your faithful love will support me, Lord. When I'm filled with cares, your comfort or your presence or your nearness brings me joy. And in Psalm 16, nine, it says, I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when my thoughts trouble me. I always let the Lord guide because he is at my right hand. He's right there with you. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. We are able to rejoice when we are in the presence of God and receive his comfort and love. In him, there is fullness of joy, a joy that surpasses any earthly happiness we could ever feel or imagine. Friends, if we find that we're lacking joy, it's not God who's moved. He's been there ready and waiting for us. It's us who have moved away from abiding in him and inviting his presence into each situation in our lives. 
Did you know that God delights in taking his children and filling them with his joy and hope amidst any circumstance? Well, he does. He's a loving father. We cannot go through life searching for happiness, but we have to remain in him for a constant filling of his joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. I'm gonna say it today over and over and over. We have to choose his joy and time inviting him into our situations. Now, how do we do this? How do we invite his presence practically into our situations to receive his joy? One of the ways joy is found in, is in reading God's word. I like to think of the Bible as my daily dose of joy that's been prescribed to me by my doctor, God. <laughs> now, I know that this is a silly analogy, but it kind of helps us to understand this connection. When we read God's word or follow the doctor's prescription for joy, we are quieting ourselves and allowing his Holy Spirit to speak. There have been countless examples of times in my life where I felt distant from the Lord, but when I made the choice to quiet myself before him with my Bible, reading scripture, everything in my heart changed. One example that I can think about was during my year of student teaching. I was feeling the stress and pressure of the testing coming up for teachers where we had to videotape ourselves teaching lessons to our students. One day I was feeling the overwhelming sense of anxiety creeping into my heart. What if I don't pass this testing? What if I can't be a teacher? Over those past several weeks, I had not been diligent about reading my Bible or ever really, to be honest, inviting Jesus into my situation or the anxiety as I was feeling. One day, I was feeling the weight of the stress so strongly. I decided to spend just a few minutes to read God's word, ask his presence to go with me as I prepared for the teaching videos and even stuck a verse on a sticky note on my computer to remind me of a verse he'd encouraged me with during that short time with him. Each step of that process, as the testing days came closer and closer, I continually asked God multiple times throughout each day to fill me with joy and hope. And I was constantly reminded during my time in his presence about who he is and how capable he is of providing for me in my situation. His joy gave me strength in my time of need. In Nehemiah 8.10, it even says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. One definition of joy that I found that I just believe is so beautifully described is that joy is the blessedness that the Lord enjoys around the throne of God himself. We have the amazing opportunity at any time to access the gift of joy from heaven to be our strength while we're here on earth. We get to be strengthened and blessed by experiencing the joy that God experiences on his throne in heaven. It's an amazing gift that is found in his presence. But we also have an enemy who's constantly on the lookout to steal our joy. I wanna get really real here because it's so much harder to choose joy when he begins his work 
at trying to attack our hearts and minds. The enemy knows that he can't change our guaranteed eternal life if we put our faith and hope and trust in Jesus. So guess what? He wants to destroy our earthly life by promoting thoughts of depression and discouragement, attacking marriages, our confidence, our finances. I believe very strongly that the enemy hates Christians, but especially hates a joyful Christian who's choosing to submit to God's strength in difficult seasons. The enemy's tactic of releasing anxious thoughts tried to attack me during those weeks before video recording for my teaching test, but I chose to abide in the joy of the Lord and overload my heart with God's truth over my situation. Friends, we must hold fast to his joy as our strength and rebuke the work of the enemy here on this earth because he has no power over our joy when we're firmly rooted in Jesus. I believe that even through situations and circumstances where sorrow and pain come, we can choose to rejoice. When we rejoice right in the middle of the trial, I believe that the joy of Christ will begin to appear where the pain once was. Jesus, his presence will have met you there and in his presence, you will be filled with joy that gives you strength to continue serving him and living your life with purpose. Now, the last part of joy that I wanna touch on today is the opportunity we have as Christ followers who carry this joy to impact this world and reach others for Christ. I believe that the gift of joy begins with what Jesus is doing on the inside of our hearts. But eventually when you're so filled up with the joy and purpose Jesus has given your life, that joy will overflow into your everyday encounters with those around you and even your responses to situations throughout your day. Have you ever met or seen someone for the first time and thought, hmm, I think this person may be a Christian. Well, I have in grocery store lines, when I began my new teaching job and met my new coworkers. I believe there is something recognizable and even contagious about someone who's chosen joy amidst a culture and society that chooses the fleeting happiness of this world. As we've talked about today on this episode, joy is not an easy choice. It is hard and requires us to make a choice to cling to Jesus and his hope, regardless of our outward emotions. But what if God wants to use true biblical joy radiating from his followers to draw people to himself. I will never forget earlier this year when I had an interaction with our school janitor that taught me something about the power of choosing joy. Each day at about 3.30, he comes into my room and empties my trash cans. I'm usually hustling to get as much accomplished as I can before heading home for the evening. At the end of the day, I usually turn on some quiet worship music and get to work. 
I also spend a few minutes thinking about my day and sometimes reading or listening to something encouraging, a quick Bible verse, sometimes a podcast in the background. Every day when he comes in my room, I smile and ask him how his day was. He usually converses with me for a few minutes and then tells me to have a great day. I respond with you too. Honestly, friends, some days I'm thinking in my mind, would you just leave my room so that I can get to work? I'm so tired from a long day. I know, not the kindest thoughts, right? And some days I'm thinking, it's so kind of him to ask how my day was and care about our days as teachers. Either way, I remind myself that he's an important and kind member of our school. And I should still be friendly and intentional about asking about his day. I continue to do that day after day. Even on the days when in my head I was thinking, oh, this conversation is taking up my time that I could have been spent making one more set of copies. It wasn't until one day a few months ago when I realized the power of my choice each day to have a joyful, intentional conversation with the school janitor. I was making copies in the teacher's lounge when suddenly the janitor approached me. He said, I have a question for you. Are you a Christian? I was taken back by the question, but I replied with, yes, I am. He said, I knew you were by the joy of Christ that radiates from you. Thank you for being a light here at this school. I realized in that moment, the power of my choice to choose God's thoughts and God's truth over my earthly feelings of annoyance or busyness. That choice to choose joy daily was recognized as being beyond what this world can offer and from somewhere else, God. The janitor was a Christian who recognized the joy of Christ in me, but it began to make me more aware of how I'm allowing the gift of joy that Christ has made available to me every day to spill out into my sphere of influence. I've heard stories from friends of mine who've mentioned incredible encounters of someone saying to them, there's a joy that you have. Where does that joy come from? And the door was immediately opened to presenting the gospel to that person. I wanna be, and I know many of you listening do too, a person whose choice of joy is so evident in your life that it's used as a tool to bring hopeless people into an understanding of the gift of joy God wants to offer them as well. And to encourage you as you go throughout your week this week, choosing joy, I wanna leave you today with a few questions to consider. Here's number one. What is one step that you can take to choose joy daily? It could be starting a new devotional that you're excited about, a new Bible reading plan, worshiping to a new worship album, memorizing scripture by putting them on sticky notes around your house. How are you gonna choose joy each and every day and align your heart to reminding yourself of the importance of the presence of Jesus? Number two, who can you encourage or start a relationship with today who may not know and need to know the joy of Christ? Is there a neighbor, a family member, a coworker? Who is God placed in your sphere of influence? 
Well, friends, thank you so much for listening today. Remember to continue to find your joy in the presence of Jesus. He loves you and cares about every single situation in your life. We'll talk to you next time.